Amen. Wonderful worship. Don't you believe that? We're grateful to God. Amen be, uh, means so be it. So when you say amen, it's so be it. Uh, when you clap, applaud, that's accolades to Almighty God. We cheer Him. So, you know, if we're in any part of our life, any season or any uh, situation or game or whatever, the, you, put your, you put your hands together, it's an accolade because those who are doing the game, letting you know that we appreciate it when you're in church and you give an applause, it goes straight to God. Amen. So God be the glory. And I, I got to tell you, he, he inhabits, this is what the Bible says, He inhabits the praise of His people. He said, when you worship me and you just enjoy yourself, then he says, it in, inhabits, he loves it. It brings cheer to the Lord. Now, listen, subject matter today is, is not a new subject matter. And the key text is found in uh, Philippians, the fourth chapter and the fourth verse. And it says, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say, what? All right, say it with me now. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Now, God must have known Paul writing from a dungeon in a Roman prison, must have known it would be difficult for the human mind to comprehend this rejoice in the Lord always. Always rejoice in the Lord always. Now, if you know what always means, would you raise your hand? All right? If you don't know what always means, raise your hand. If you don't give two liver lips and you don't care, raise your hand what it means. Always means, here it is, get ready, always. Really simple, rejoice in the Lord always. Now, but here's what he does, because he knows you. And again, I say, just in case you're blockheaded, just in case you don't get it, just in case you find it hard to function from a supernatural principle. How many of you know God doesn't think the way that you think? Aren't you glad? Aren't you glad? He says, and again, I say, Paul's saying, here he is from the Roman dungeon, the prison, the deep part, stinky down there. He says, I say, I say again, rejoice. Now, Romans 5 tells us that, uh, that hey, we have the privilege of choosing to rejoice. You have a privilege of clapping, you have a privilege of singing or singing loudly or mumbling or whatever it is. But he said, you have the privilege in your life every day whether or not you're going to rejoice. But I don't understand. Some days I don't want to rejoice. Well, rejoice in the Lord. How often? Always. So now I've got to figure something out in my human nature that says, well, if I don't rejoice always, then I need to figure this out because I want to be an authentic follower of Jesus Christ. I don't want to be fakey. I want to be the person with the real deal. Well, you know, you, uh, you relate happiness or happiness with rejoice. So I want to rejoice. I want to be happy. And, and people, that, that's a common goal and ambition to many people. I just want to be happy. 
Well, we're taught, if you listen to many motivational speakers or any books, hey, you act happy whether you're happy or not. You feel happy, you smell happy, you look happy, you walk happy, whatever it is, it's happy. Do you understand that? Get that down. Well, I don't want to be a hypocrite. If I'm not happy, I don't want to act like I'm happy. How many of you know that sometimes you have to exercise faith and put on a good face whether you want to or not? Anybody there? Gonna be a long message, I can tell. I started here in Philippians, way over in the New Testament. But if y'all don't wake up, I'm gonna start in, in, in Genesis. And I'm gonna journey all the way to Revelation. Y'all with me now? Oh, I knew that you would. I knew you would wake up. But you go to the mall. I, I like to watch people. Any people watchers out there? I love to watch people. I love, you know, I've, I've seen great day. I, I've seen people say they don't go together. She is absolutely gorgeous and he is so dog ugly. It's unbelievable. What is it? You ever, you ever thought that way? You know, and or he's six foot seven and she's five foot one. How? How? And, and they don't, but I'm, I'm people watching them all. Not many people look happy, you know, especially women whose husband they've drugged to the mall. He is not happy to be there. But you check that out and you think, well, where's all the, where's all the happiness? And yet everybody said, I, I want to be happy. Well, I'm just having a bad day. How do you know when you're having a bad day? I'll tell you when, for you gentlemen, when you put your pants on backwards and they fit the same. That's a bad day, friend. Or like the lady out on the freeway in California, her horn stuck just ahead of her, happened to be a biker group out of California on the freeway. Her horn stuck and it blowing and blowing behind those bikers. Finally, they just backed off and enveloped her on that freeway, scared her to death until they realized she wasn't just beeping for the sake of beeping, her horn was stuck. And then they wrote on, she said it was the most miserable, scary day of my life. That could be a bad day, don't you think? Or you take a bite of the best steak you've ever tasted, and when you do, you leave your teeth there. <laughs> I saw that happen once. I mean, what do you do? How do you cover up teeth that's still in the steak? And the guy whose teeth it happens to belong to, they don't know it's their teeth down the side. I saw that take place. Throw a napkin over there cover them up. Amazing. You know, we want to be happy. We want to rejoice. That's my goal as a follower. But here's the challenge. We, uh, we forget how to do that, how to use the scripture to be a blessing. Well, I, I can be happy as long as everything going my way. That's easy. Everything's well, bills are paid, your spouse is doing what you ask them to do and they're acting a little more loving than usual. And your job, you just got a promotion or you got an increase or someone sent you a letter and it just warmed your heart. Or you got a set of flowers that were not from the cemetery, actually came from a florist. You say, wow, that really makes me happy. But here's this, can you be happy and be positive in a negative world? Can you be happy when you got fired? Can you be happy when your heart got crushed? Can you be happy and rejoice in the process when things do not go your way? How do you manage that? 
Well, here's what we know. You can remain optimistic as a believer of Jesus Christ when you lean on the supernatural presence of God. In other words, in you is the power, is the battery, is the life that will enable you to step over potential disappointment and heartbreak and misery and be able to step over that and manage it as well as you can and say, here's what the devil cannot do. He cannot take away from me the rejoicing spirit that I enjoy. Paul writes in Galatians 5.22, the fruit of the spirit is what? Fruit of the spirit is what? Joy. Joy, we sang an old song of the church many years, joy unspeakable and, and full of glory. Paul writes, Philippians 4, 4, here we go again. Rejoice in the Lord, how often? Always and again, I say rejoice. Y'all got it? You want to sing it like that? Rejoice in the Lord always. Okay, I got it. But I don't know if you really mean always. I mean, how little things tick you off. May I see your hand? Rattles in my car get under my skin. Just a rattle. I want to pull over and shoot it. <laughs> Just rattles. Or, or something happens and you think, well, what now? Just sometimes little things. Now, if you're that on edge, if you are that on edge, you need to learn to push the chill button. You with me? Because if you're that on edge and you go home, somebody will push the right button and you will go into deep territory of revealing your unhappiness and the edginess of your spirit. Don't come up and hug me, kid. I'm not hugging right now. And your little three-year-old, pretty, blue-eyed, blonde-haired baby girl runs away and says, Daddy is mean. And what does she do? She calls her puppy dog, who never is mean. Rejoice in the Lord always. Now, happiness has to do with, if it's happiness, hap, or it, it, means, it, it means luck or chance or circumstance. Okay, I'm going to be happy based on circumstance, luck, chance, that. Well, if that's what you're looking for, that's short-lived. That'll end because before you know it, the luck will change as some people believe. I don't believe it. Or the fate will change or the circumstances will change. Or guess what? Your balloon will get burst. And when it's burst, you'll say, now, now what am I going to hang my happiness, my rejoicing on? So that's why the Apostle Paul says, listen up, church. I want to teach you a better way that will give you a longer run as it relates to being content. People know when you're nasty and you're mean and you're irritable. Did you know that? And if you're a nasty, mean, and irritable more times than you are enjoyable, you need to do something about it. Amen. Amen.
Amen. Amen. Amen. Amen. Let me tell you now. Amen. Come on. Amen. 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 May you just keep that up, okay? I preach faster and better. When there's a little amen, you with me? Now, here it is. Paul drills down because he says, I know how you are. I know how stubborn you are. I know how irritable you can be. I know how raunchy your spirit can get. And I'm going to give you something that will be concrete that will enable you to be able to say, my happiness is not based on whether I got a birthday card from so-and-so or not. My happiness is based on my relationship with Jesus Christ. And here's one of the reasons we can rejoice because we have hope. Hope. We have hope. Amen. Romans 5, 1 and 2. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we gain access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. The words grace and joy come from the same root word. Paul writes in Romans 5, 2b, we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. I have hope. That means that if a person is a follower of Jesus Christ, Write this down in your notes, catalog it in your mind. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, no situation is hopeless. Amen. Well, I don't know how in the world you're going to get hope out of that. Well, I don't know how in the world he flung the stars in the place either, but they're there. Well, I don't know how he's going to make sense out of that. I don't know how he put the ocean and said, that's as far as you come, baby. And it stops right there. Somebody say Amen. I don't know how the big redwoods out in California and that air grow so big and tall, but here's what I do know. He belongs to it all and did it all, so I can have hope in a God like that. You ever had anybody fail you? Go ahead and raise your hand up. Uh, come on, get them. Anybody ever failed you? Raise your hand up. Now, listen carefully now. How many forgiven them already? How many of you still thinking about it, praying about it? Keep your hand down. Don't let anybody know your weakness. No certain situation that is hopeless. Why? Why? I don't agree. Because your hope is not based on it working out. It's not based on the circumstance coming through in a way that pleases you. Because your hope is based on Jesus Christ. A person can live 40 days without, without food. Three days without water, eight minutes without air, so I'm told, as I read and researched, but only one second without hope. You have no hope. Cornell University did a study on 25,000 prisoners of World War II. And the conclusion the study came after those 25,000 prisoners out of World War II that a person can handle almost anything if he has hope. You know what they believed the hope was for those 25,000 prisoners? Here it is, friend. Those 25,000 prisoners believe that ultimately the United States is going to win the war. Ultimately, we have hope in our nation that, in fact, they will, in fact, rescue us. That's why that now that generation of people that are still alive believe in the flag of the United States of America. They believe in the Pledge of Allegiance. Why? Because they have hope in a nation that they knew eventually they're going to come 
get us. That's why they had hope. And you and I have hope that is not based on a promise from some individual. We've all been experience, have experienced broken promises. Paul writes in Romans 12, 11, I know you know it, but here it is just for your looking, base your happiness on your hope in Advil. Base your hope on the Republican Party, forget it. Base your hope on the Democratic Party, forget it. Base your hope, base your hope on the independence. No, forget it. Base your hope on Jesus Christ, amen, who will not let you down. He won't let you down. Not the market, not your salary. Happiness without hope is impossible. Therefore, we can rejoice because I have hope. I have hope to believe. I know I have this hope. My mother's been... Well, not expected to live, but I have this hope that when she dies and breathes that last breath, that hope's going to come alive. Amen. Amen. I, I believe that with all of my heart. I, I believe, I believe this next point. We can rejoice because God has a purpose in every situation. What do you mean? I said he has a purpose in every situation, no matter what. Well, try this on for size, Romans 5, 3. Not only this, but we also rejoice in our sufferings. Forget it. Now, I can rejoice always, and I've got that, but to rejoice in sufferings, don't try to sell me that. I'm not. He is. Rejoice in the suffering. The word suffering means distress. Distress is going to hit you. It means when pressure, trials and troubles and problems are knocking on your door and sapping the very energy out of your life, you can conclude that there is hope and there is a purpose in everything that comes your way. Well, if I only could get rid of my problems, I'd be happy then. Forget it. You know, you'll never be happy. You'll never be happy and have long-term happiness unless it's based on the Lord. Well, if I could just move out of Polk County, I think I'd be happy. No, you wouldn't because you can't take Grady with you. I'd be happy if, if I just changed partners. Several have tried it and didn't like the second and third partner. I'd be happy if I could just get a raise. <laughs> I'd be happy if my circumstance would just change. You know, when you have a relationship with Jesus Christ, you come to the conclusion that he knows, get this, he knows everything that's going on in your life. He does. He knows everything. I mean, nothing is hidden with him. And how many of you know, though, even though he knows everything, he doesn't judge us on everything. You with me? And, and here's the beauty. Love doesn't keep score. Listen, you failed three times last week. You got out of the wheel. You blew it again for the same old thing. I'm going to strike you crippled. He doesn't do that. He just keeps loving us. Love and patience to give us a chance to grow through it. Paul says we rejoice in sufferings. I want you to catch this. He didn't tell us to rejoice for suffering because I don't like to suffer I got my second COVID shot everybody you talk to 
Oh, it's the second shot. That's the real downer. You get in your second one, be careful. You're going to get your second, you're probably going to have chills and fever. Probably going to walk funny. I've seen a lot of people walk funny that never did get a shot. <laughs> and I'm building all that expectation up. So here he comes. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm not big and bold and brave. I, I don't want to look when they get ready to stick you. That's why I'd rather have them here. But put in your arm. Which arm do you want it in? Really, neither one. So I'm not one that likes what I'm trying to tell you. I don't like pain. Anybody with me? I'm not, I, how many of you can look and say, I want to see them when they hit me? You got some of you out there, several of you women, you're strong. But you go to the roll your sleeve up and you feel a little pass. Relax. Yeah. Relax. We're done. Was that it? I could have looked. We're done. Nobody. Most people I know don't like pain, but here it is. Some people are macho. Suffering comes and they say, give me more. I was born for pain. God, it doesn't matter. Lay it on me. You know why you say that? Because the right pain hasn't come along yet to help you with your mindset. Amen? Then some say, Lord, give me the pain. Because I know in the pain, I'm more like Jesus. And the more like Jesus I am, the more he's pleased. So load me up. Hogwash. Doesn't make you any more spiritual because you say, I just want to load up with the pain. Listen, life is not fair. You wake up, you're going to have some kind of pain. The older you get, places are going to hurt and ache and catch on your body. You never even knew were there. Some of the older people said, oh, me, because you can't quite get amen out. <laughs> pain. We rejoice because we know Christ, and there is, get it now, there is a purpose. So here's the conclusion. All right, God, I, I know. Challenges hit. Our house, the storm last weekend took off a piece of the siding deal, way up at the deal. I thought, my Lord, have mercy. Wind was that strong? Looked at it, and I thought, isn't that something? And it says, I didn't, the house is going to fall down now. You know, I dealt with it. Sharon said, when are you going to deal with it? I said, eventually. You know, what are you going to do about it? I'm going to call somebody. I'm not getting up on a stepladder that high. I get nosebleed. <laughs> get them out there. Get it done. Pain and suffering. Well, well why did that happen? I don't have any idea. But I know I did get to pray with the guy who came to fix it. 
Hello, you know what I'm talking about? I prayed with the man who came to fix it. Now, whether or not that prayer was what was the purpose of that, I don't know. I'm not, but here's what I know. I'm not sweating it. Somebody say amen. Not sweating it. Why? You can deal with it. I'm reminded because here's the power of perspective. You know, the people that said, oh, you're going to get sick. You're going to have fever. You're going to walk funny. You're going to have chills. You're going to have all of that before you get the shot. You know, that's their perspective. My perspective was, okay, that might be true. And it did. I did get a little chill and a little fever. And I did have a little shake during the night or whatever the case. But I wasn't taking the shots. And that's what I want. My perspective was, okay, if it happens, it happens. How many know what I'm talking about? You cannot get an ice cream cone unless you're willing for some it to drip down your hand. Perspective, mom and dad, haven't written you in a while because the stationery that I had burned in the dormitory fire because the demonstrators set the university on fire. I want you to know that I've only been out of the hospital a few days now, maybe a week or so. And the man who rescued me from the dorm is a young man, worked at the service station across the street. Mom and dad, I want you to know he's the nicest guy. I believe I have fallen in love. Oh, by the way, the doctor tell me that my eyesight is going to come back to full vision maybe in the next two or three weeks. That's why I have it written. And I know, I know that you guys love me. And I couldn't write because I'm not able to see as I need to write. And I want you to know that I'm planning to get married. And I'm so in love. And I know you've always wanted grandkids. I just found out that we're going to have your first grandchild. Mom and dad, I want you to rejoice with me. It's been tough, but I've made it through. Well, please disregard the above practice in English composition. She said, there was no fire. I've not been in the hospital. I am not pregnant. I don't even have a steady boyfriend. But I do have a D in French and an F in chemistry. I just wanted to be sure you had the right perspective. <laughs> perspective makes all the difference in the world. We have joy in our hearts, not based on the circumstance, but based on relationship. And when you sing, he is Lord, he is Lord. He has risen from the dead and he is Lord. That's relationship. How wonderful is that? Here's what we know. Suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance produces character. And character produces hope. Perseverance is the ability to handle pressure. Just keep pounding. I can take it. I will persevere through this. Why am I going to persevere through it? Because I know I have hope. Character produces hope. You see, character produces hope because character is simply this. It's, it, it's only a word used five or six times in the Bible, but it means proven reliability. That person is reliable. They're going to be consistent. You're not going to see them face one challenge and blow up and then another one come along and they're not the same. You see, you can count on that individual being the same. 
If you call them up, you can count on them having a positive attitude. If you call them up and communicate with them, you can count on them putting their arms around you. You can count on them giving you a loving word and a word of encouragement. You can count on them. That's character that is built. It's Christian character. There's a difference between Christian character and character of natural means. Natural means they give you the shirt off your back. They don't lie. They're honest, etc. Let me tell you what, what supernatural spiritual character it is. It brings that, that wonderful experience of loving Jesus and say, hey, here's what I know. When my normal natural nature cannot stay committed my supernatural nature kicks in and becomes the guide that i need to make it the word hope doesn't mean i wish i think i want it means confidence i have confidence in the fact that no matter what say that with me no matter what say it again no matter what My old car that I had, I knew how far I could go on empty. Anybody with me? When the buzzer, the buzzer would go off, the light would come on, I knew you're a liar. I know I got 25 good miles yet. But I have a different car now. It doesn't play. When it comes on, you know it means what it says. Now, I haven't figured out just yet how far I really can go, but I will. And I can tell you, I will lose to begin with. You know what I'm talking about? I will lose to begin with because eventually it's going to hit and I'm going to run it and it's going to give out. But I'm going to come away a winner because I then know just how far I can go before she lets me down. You with me? Now, now, that car has a certain characteristic. The other car had a certain characteristic. I have perseverance. I know that eventually it's going to happen and I'm going to persevere until it does. And I have hope that passes on understanding. Let me explain what hope means just in a happened last week or the week before. When parents bring their child two, three years of age to a border wall, take that child and put them over the side of the USA and let down as much as they can that child until finally they have to let go. And that baby falls to the ground. Do you know what that parent and that caregiver is doing? We want our baby to have hope. We want our child to be, 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 we believe in the good old USA, there is hope and there is promise of tomorrow. We believe in the USA that, in fact, they will care for my kid. So I'm risking the life of my kid on the other side of the wall to drop them down and believing somebody will pick them up and care for them. You see, that's hope in a nation that many of them have never been to. You know what God says? You can cast all your cares on me and I will take the load and you don't have to worry. You can cry 
cry on my shoulder and I'll take care of you. You can even lose it from time to time and I still will take care of you. Because why? I have, I have the character that does not change as it relates to my love for you. So I know that my God is with me. I have hope. I know that in every situation, he will not forsake me. In James 1, 2, consider pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of any kind, of any kind, of any kind, because you know that the testing of your faith, the testing produces perseverance, and perseverance must finish its work so you may be mature and complete and not lacking anything. So if you're talking joy, Paul writing from this Roman prison, prison in the dungeon 19 times. In the few little chapters of Philippians, Paul says, be joyful, have joy, rejoice. 19 times in just a few chapters. Paul writes in Philippians 1.12, I want you to know, brothers, that what's happened to me has really served to advance the gospel. He said, I, I know how to suffer in my challenges, Philippians 1.19, yes, and I will continue to rejoice for what has happened to me will turn out for my deliverance and my good. Finally, we can rejoice because God is always with us. Help me say it. He will never leave you or forsake you. God, I don't think you're there. Oh, yeah, I am. Where were you at? I was there. Why did you let that happen? You don't see it now, but for your good. Uh, sometimes I wonder, God, why don't you just not intervene and, and go ahead and, and let that go and let that person see the misery that you saved them from. And listen carefully. I've seen that played out more times than not because they would not listen and too stubborn to hear the voice of the Lord. And God said, if that's what you want, you know my phrase, get you a truckload of it. And it brings hurt and heartache and pain. But here's what God's trying to tell us this morning. He said, it doesn't matter where you're at. I'm with you. So here's what we know. Psalms 33, 3, you are the source of my joy. God, my joy. You're the source of my joy. Romans 8, 1, now therefore there is no condemnation to those who follow after the Lord Jesus Christ. I don't have to worry about judgment. No condemnation there. I'm following after you. And then when you go through tough times and, and you feel like the prayers are not answered, Isaiah 43, 2, when you pass through deep waters, I'll be with you. Your troubles will not overwhelm you. When you pass through the fire, you'll not be burned. The hard trials that come will not hurt you. For I am the Lord, your God. So here we go. You have hope. You have the promise that whatever happens, God says, I know what's going on. 
And if you trust me, I will show you in your sufferings what I'm trying to do in your future. So endure for this moment in order to have a future that will bring more reward to you than you can imagine and then know this. You're never alone. I'm with you always. I'm there. How many of you had parents that had eyes in the back of their head? Sure. Eyes in the back of the head, unbelievable. We did wrong. I have a sister that's about 12 months younger than I am. She saw almost everything I did. She reported it immediately to my parents after school. Or mom, so-and-so saw Wayne doing such and such. See, my family was not prepared for my adventuresome spirit. <laughs> and my sister, God bless her, she lived in spite of some of the prayers I prayed. <laughs> but in spite of all of it, I knew this. He was always there. Father God, I thank you for this moment. I thank you for every person. I thank you for the abundance of your blessing. Now, there have been a lot of people in this room and a lot of people watching online. Uh, they've been burdened down with a whole lot of trial, a whole lot of challenge, a whole lot of difficulty. And then when we say, boy, bear through your suffering, and it gets harder and harder, they wonder. Or some God who are listening right now, they prayed and prayed, and boy, the prayers didn't get answered. And they're just a little tiffed with you, God, because you didn't answer prayer. Well, this message is going to help them understand that, Lord, when we pray, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And God, we're leaning on you. Father God, we thank you because we know that there are those in this room right now, boy, the target was on them because they've gone through. Some would even say, I've been to hell and back. And we know what they mean when they say that. But what they don't know is as a result of coming through, that doors will begin to open that will bring richer, brighter promise, sweeter promise than anything that they could imagine. Why? Because they persevered. Because they kept the hope and the faith. Because they suffered through it. And because they believed in times of great difficulty and pain, in the back of their mind, God, I know I feel alone. I know my tears, and I know I can't cry anymore. But I know you're there. I feel your presence. So, God, I ask you, would you speak to all of our hearts? May we take a little nugget home with us today. You might be out there online, and you might say, God, I... I need to make up to you. You might be in this room and you might say in your heart of hearts, boy, I mishandled that and I need God's help. I need to, to correct. I need to readjust. And here's the beauty. God's given us an opportunity through the power of prayer and forgiveness to get into the right alignment. 
So I'm going to ask you, all of you, to repeat this prayer after me as we get in right alignment with the Lord. Here we go. Let's do it out of obedience. Heavenly Father, I thank you for Jesus Christ who died for me on the cross. I believe by faith that I am asking for forgiveness and I am forgiven. I believe by faith that it is not by might or power, but it's by your Holy Spirit that I feel in my life right now. You are loving me, God. I offer you my heart. I realize that I made mistakes. I realize I haven't suffered, I haven't followed you. I realize I've been disobedient. And I realize I've been broken. And said things that I did not mean. But this morning, I mean this. I love you, Lord. Please forgive me. In Jesus' name. Amen. Put your hands together and let's thank the Lord. Amen. Would you stand? Would you stand to your feet, on your feet? You know, you take this message and you let it sink in. Let me give it to you again. Hope. Hang on to your hope. Understand that when something happens, some challenge that's there, God has the ability to have a purpose behind it. So take the time to not ball your fist up at God. Just say, God, I don't understand this. He said, you don't understand. I put the stars in place either. Yeah, I know. I don't, I don't understand it. You don't understand how I let you breathe so many times a minute, do you? Trust me. And then finally, you're never alone. He's there. So if you need prayer, many of us do. The Bible said where two or three are gathered together in his name and they agree together, believe God, God will answer prayer. So if you're in this room or you're in fact online, you can text us. Let us know. We'll pray for you and reach out. But if you're in this room right now and you say, as we continue to worship and others of you, you feel, okay, I can slip out. And you need to move into this altar and say, pray for me. It'll take just a moment. And you know what would have happened? You'll be disobedient or obedient to God, not disobedient. You'll say, I was obedient. What did I get out of that? An act of obedience gives you the experience to take another act of obedience. So let God lead you and direct you. I love you, everybody. God bless you as you continue to worship. And God bless you as you have a great, great week.